Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hey friends, welcome back. First off, I should probably tell you what's happening right now as I'm recording this episode. I am in the middle of a power outage in a tiny little cabin in the woods, and I have a cozy fireplace and a generator keeping my fridge going, so I'm totally fine, but it's definitely a little weird since not only did the power go out, so did the cell towers, so I have no communication to the outside world right now. But thankfully, I don't actually need electricity to record and edit this podcast for you to hear later whenever it comes back up again. And also, I'm hoping the hum of the generator can filter out in the editing process, but I'll try my best. If I can't, sorry friends, best I can do under bad weather circumstances. So, jumping in. What is the one thing that you wish that you knew sooner about dyslexia? Welcome to episode 28 of Dyslexia Devoted, and recently I posted a message on a local dyslexia group asking that exact question. What is the one thing about dyslexia that you wish you knew sooner? And I got some great answers, and I wanted to share with you, because knowledge is power. But before we get to the answers of those questions, including my own answer, I have a special announcement to make. I'm getting ready to launch a brand new course to help families that have recently received a dyslexia diagnosis for their child. It's called Discovering Dyslexia, a parent's roadmap to navigating the first year. It's all about understanding the assessments, the basics of IEP meetings, programs that work for kids with dyslexia, and the various educational options you have to help your child. And I have a special opportunity for 10 of you. In exchange for giving me some feedback on some of the items I plan to put in the course, you get a special 50% discount. For only $99, you get a $197 course when I'm done putting all of those final finishing touches on it this winter. I'll be sending out a couple of this or that kind of questions that'll take you five minutes or less to answer. And in return, you get a big discount on the course and access to all of the content and bonus material when it goes live on February 12th. There are only 10 spots available for this opportunity and it closes on Saturday, December 17th. Find the link in the description where you're listening to this episode or go to the courses tab on my website, parnelloeducation.com to learn a little bit more. Now, if you're listening to this episode at a later date, the official cart open date for everybody else is going to be on January 29th until February 9th. So you can register for the course then. Okay, it's time to get started with our episode and let you know the things that other parents and educators wish that they knew sooner about dyslexia. For me, I wish that I knew about syllable types. As a teacher, I had never even heard of such a thing. Even after two degrees in both general and special ed, I had no idea what they were. And I feel like it really helps me to explain to kids why we spell things the way that we spell them. I can usually teach them how to read stuff, but it doesn't always make sense for the spelling rules until you understand the syllable types. So for me, that's the thing I wish that I knew sooner. So let's dive into some of the other answers that I got. One person said, everything and the connection with ADHD. If you're a newer listener and want to learn more about that, check out episodes 10 and 23, where I go into more detail about ADHD. Another person said that they wish that they knew that many teachers don't understand the science of reading and therefore how to help kids with dyslexia. And another parent noted that teachers don't know enough about it and need more training. I feel like I'm case in point on that one. I was taught how to use phonics and to teach kids to read, but not nearly as explicitly and comprehensively as I know how to do now. Another person named Jacqueline said she wished she knew how it affects math, both the difficulties and the gifts, which is so true. It definitely has an effect on math, especially memorizing math facts and procedures and equations. I'll have to add math as a future podcast episode so that we can go a little deeper on that one. Another parent wished they knew the early signs of it. For all of you listening, there are many different signs, but here are a few of them. One is the inability to rhyme. 
Another is struggling to pronounce longer words like saying paschetti instead of spaghetti. And kids who take longer to learn their letter names than their classmates are just a few examples of some of the early warning signs. Another critical fact about dyslexia that a woman named Renee pointed out is that how it can affect a child's mental health if it's not recognized. Those who don't get diagnosed with dyslexia struggle to read and keep up with their peers, and they often have a negative effect on their mental health. They develop anxiety and frustration and give up. Sometimes, if it's severe enough, it can lead to deep depression as well. At the school I used to work at, we had another school on campus which had a therapeutic program for kids with emotional and behavioral challenges. What we found was that some of the kids' original problem was actually their learning difference. And then they developed poor coping strategies when they weren't getting the support that they needed for their academic needs when they were at their other schools. Behaviors sometimes increase as kids struggle and they don't know what else to do other than act out. One mom responded to my question with a very honest answer, and I'm so proud of her for being vulnerable in a public forum. She said that she wished she knew her child wasn't being lazy and that in fact, their brain is working harder. She's so right. Sometimes when we think a kid doesn't want to do something, it actually is because they can't do it. When they give up and they're either embarrassed and don't want to admit it, or they just don't have the emotional or social skills to advocate for themselves and say what the problem is. And often it can come across as laziness when really that's not being lazy at all. It's because they've worked so hard and then there's nothing left in the tank. They can't work any harder because the harder they work and nothing changes, they lose motivation to keep putting in that much effort when they aren't seeing any results. There's one kiddo that I work with and sometimes I have to be translator between that kiddo and their mom because the mom thinks that they're being lazy some days when really the kiddo just can't do it. And it's not that they're being lazy or not trying hard enough. It's that they're trying and giving it their all and that it really is too hard sometimes. So sometimes I have to be a little bit of a mediator to help the parents navigate those subtle differences between what it looks like when a kid really is tired and just giving up and what it looks like when a kid is trying their very, very hardest and they really, truly just can't do it. Sometimes it's a really subtle line and it sometimes takes that connection because a lot of times kids have a trusted person that they will tell the problem and other people that they won't tell the problem. And sometimes it's also good just to have a third party. I know that I've actually tutored kids whose parents are teachers, and there's something very different about working with your actual teacher as opposed to working with your parent. Sometimes there are things that kids will say to somebody else that they won't tell mom and dad. Sometimes that can also be a really big factor is if you can try to get the child to talk to somebody different, sometimes you might get a little bit more out of them if it's somebody they can be a little bit more comfortable with. Another answer to my question was from Brenda, who said that she wishes she knew that some dyslexics can read, specifically compensated dyslexics. I didn't know that I was dyslexic until I took an organic chemistry class in college. Quick editing note, that was a direct quote from somebody who has dyslexia. That was not something coming from me, as I myself do not have dyslexia. You might be thinking, isn't dyslexia not knowing how to read? But sometimes some kids are so good at memorizing, they seem like they can read, when really they can memorize. There's one girl I started working with that seemed like she could read words. The second I handed her the word mix, she told me she had no idea what letter sound the X made and that she had zero strategies for being able to sound out that word when it was not in a sentence. Sometimes kids are so smart that they can overcompensate for their inability to read by utilizing so many other strategies, whether that's mimicking the kid next to them, whether it's memorizing words, whether it's the kind of kid who can look at something once and they can remember it forever. Sometimes kids are really good at reading with context clues by they can figure out what it probably says based on the words around it if they have a strong enough verbal vocabulary. A lot of times those kids fly under the radar, especially until they hit either middle school or high school, when they start reading about more and more topics that they've never heard of before, 
and they can no longer utilize those strategies that worked so well for them when they were younger. One of my favorite responses came from Sasha. She said, it is one of my greatest gifts and my superpower. So incredibly thankful for the lessons and growth it has shown me. I'm honored to be dyslexic. I love how my brain works, and I love that it's different from others. How fantastic is that? Full-blown dyslexia empowerment. I can only dream and aspire to help my kids reach that level when I'm finished tutoring them. And sticking on the theme of strengths was the answer from Lydia. She was grateful to discover the book, The Dyslexic Advantage, at the same time that her daughter was getting a dyslexia diagnosis. And she was able to explain the strengths while they were facing those struggles and difficulties. And it was really valuable to be able to point out the good that can also come along with it. And I feel like that is so important. When I was working at the school, we actually did that as a summer reading project where all of the members of the staff read the Dyslexic Advantage so that all of us could come in with a better understanding of the kids in our dyslexia school and the way that they think about things a little bit differently. It's a good little mixture of scientific research and a bit of storytelling about a few specific people and how they utilize those strengths. Dyslexia is often misunderstood and people think it's seeing letters backward or that they're dancing around the page when really it's just the way the brain processes language and interpret the words that are on the paper ahead of them. But sometimes it has to do with far more than what's on paper. Dyslexia comes out in so many other ways that have nothing to do with what's on the page. This is why it's so important that we keep spreading the word about dyslexia and making more people in our community aware of it. When you know more, you can help more kids and help them a lot sooner before some of those struggles like anxiety can kick in. I'd love to hear from you dyslexia devoted listeners. What is the one thing you wish that you knew sooner about dyslexia? All of my contact info is in the show description, so you can contact me your favorite way, whether that's Facebook, an email, or sending me a DM on Instagram. Pick your favorite. Now to recap today's episode, first, I told you all about my brand new course, Discovering Dyslexia, about helping parents on their journey of that first year after their child has been diagnosed with dyslexia. It is currently open to the first 10 participants in exchange for giving me a little bit of feedback about some of the information that you really need help with so I can make sure the course is tailored to people just like you. If this isn't for you, then feel free to send it off to a friend of yours too. The link to register for the course will be in the show description or on my website, parnelloeducation.com on the courses tab. Today's episode was all about the things people wish they knew sooner. Some of those examples were how it can impact math, the effect that it can have on mental health, warning signs of what to look for sooner. One of the most unfortunate facts that has been uncovered is that many teachers don't know how to help kids with dyslexia. It's not in enough teaching programs, and it's definitely not in enough curriculums used to teach kids to read in most schools today. Teachers need more training on how to help kids with dyslexia learn how to read. Okay, that's it for today. I'm really sorry if you had to hear the hum of the generator in the background. I'll do my best to edit it out, but we'll see. Don't forget to go sign up to be one of those first 10 people to register for my brand new course, Discovering Dyslexia, so that you get that 50% discount and exclusive input into what gets put into the course. That's all for today. See you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Join us for our next episode by subscribing to this podcast as we devote each episode to different aspects of dyslexia. See you next time.